Hello, this is Pastor Carl Gallops. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to talk to you about the unbelievably prophetic times in which we're now living. I want to begin, though, by going to Matthew chapter 16, the first three verses, and listen to a principle that Jesus laid down very emphatically to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the religious experts, the biblical experts of his day. Here is, now imagine this for just a moment, here is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the long-expected Messiah of Israel, standing right in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He is in the process of fulfilling every every prophecy that was laid down in the Old Testament prior to his coming. Dozens and dozens of prophecies concerning the Messiah would be fulfilled in the life of Christ. Some of them had already been fulfilled before their very eyes at the moment Jesus speaks these words. Matthew 16, verse 1, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and they tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. And Jesus replied, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Interesting. Don't forget that in the name of God, these teachers of the Word of God would crucify the Son of God just outside the temple of God, thinking they were doing God a favor. Did you get that? (laughs) In other words, just what Jesus told them. They knew the signs of their times, how to tell the weather, and they could talk politics and all of those different things, but But here was the Messiah. These were the handlers of the word. These were the teachers of the people of Israel. And here was the Messiah fulfilling every prophecy right before their eyes. Not only did they not see see those prophecies fulfilled in him at the time he spoke those words, but by the time he was hanging on Calvary's cross, they still had not seen them. Even after the resurrection, They still looked for ways to put down the Christian movement. They still did not understand because they were not discerning the signs of the times in which they live. And it's because they didn't know the word of God in context. Oh, they knew the teachings of the rabbis. They knew the traditions and customs. But they didn't know the biblical truth and the signs of the times in which they were living. Well, I don't want us to make that mistake. I want to make sure that we know the signs of the times in which we're living. So, are we really living in the last days? Now, there's no need to panic. I'm not an alarmist, nor am I a date setter. But I do know the word, and I do keep up with the news and with history, even as history is being made, even as the news has unfolded before us every day. And I do know that when God speaks of what he is going to do, It will come to pass. I do know that God told the world that he was going to bring a flood upon it and destroy it. He revealed this to Noah, and Noah preached that righteous message from God for 120 years. The people mocked and laughed. Noah declared the end is drawing nigh, but he was ridiculed. But listen to me. The flood came, didn't it? Of course it did, because God had declared with his word that that judgment was coming. The same thing with Sodom and Gomorrah. The same thing with the plagues upon Egypt. The same thing with the Passover night. The same thing with the passing through the Red Sea. The same thing with the crossing over the Jordan and the walls of Jericho. All were decreed 
all of the outpouring of God's wrath in each one of those situations were first decreed by the word of God and spoken through his prophets and through his messengers. Every time, in every situation, the people of God, the prophets of God, the preachers of God were mocked. But in every situation, God's word was fulfilled to the letter just as he declared. It's the same thing with the first coming of Jesus Christ. Dozens of prophecies fulfilled in one person out of billions that are alive now and billions that have lived before. Dozens of prophecies, most of them written a hundred years before they were fulfilled in Jesus, some of them written as far as, as, as much as a thousand years before the coming of Christ, and every one of them were fulfilled just as God's word declared in spite of the mockers. And my friends, so it is with the word of God concerning the end of times and the last days. Oh, I know when we use those words, uh, unbelievers in particular despise those words. And even some believers who don't understand the context of those words within the scriptures get a little concerned or a little upset when they hear a preacher speaking of last days or end time prophecies. And, and it's because I believe that people just don't understand that when we speak of the last days or the end times, these are, these are biblical concepts. These are, these are biblical words. They're not something that, that a preacher made up. These are not words that some uh, raving lunatic made up, some religious fanatic, but these are biblical words. The Bible speaks of the last days, the end times, the end of times, from Genesis to Revelation. And so it would do us well to heed those words. But when we speak of the end times or the last days, for the child of God in particular, those words ought to bring comfort. Because what that means, it means the end of man's wicked rule and reign. It means the end of crime and corruption. It means the end of bloodshed and murder and war. It means the end of perversion. It means the beginning of the righteous rule and reign of Jesus Christ. The end times should only speak a word of fear into the heart of the unbeliever. But for the child of God, we should long for, the Bible says we should pray to speed its coming, and we should long for the days when the church is raptured, when the wrath of God is poured out, and when the children of God are delivered, and when we rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So back to the question, are we living in the last days? Are we living in the end times? Well, I suppose biblically, historically, technically, we've been living in the last days ever since the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his ascension into heaven. Of course, we're several thousand years the other side of those events, but, but of course, the church was born, and the gospel has been being proclaimed for 2,000 years, and millions and millions of, of souls have come into the kingdom because of the gospel proclamation. And so we should be grateful to God. The Bible says that God is not slow in keeping his promise, but rather he is patient, desiring that no one should perish, even though... We know that some will, but God's word says he desires that no one should perish, but that all should come to salvation through Jesus Christ. And we know that not all will, but in the meantime, we have work to do. The gospel needs to be proclaimed. Souls need to be saved. But again, back to the question, are we living in the end times? My answer is yes, we're living in very, very prophetic days. Let me give you some illustrations of three or four different end-time prophecies that have been fulfilled in our historical lifetime. What I mean by that is, is in, in the last 100 years, out of 6,000 years of human history, it's only been in the last 100 years, and some of these prophecies only in the last couple of decades. In fact, some of them are going on now. But it's only been in, within our historical lifetime of the last 100 years 
that these prophecies have been fulfilled. Never before in human history have these things been seen. Let me, let me just go down the list of them. In 1948, a 2,500-year-old prophecy lying dormant in the Scriptures for several millennium came to pass with the rebirth of Israel. All the way back in the book of Deuteronomy, before they ever set foot in the promised land in the first place, prophecies were given about how the land of Israel would go into, or the people of Israel would go into captivity even after they had settled the land and become a mighty nation, and they would uh, re- rebel against God. They would turn from God, and so God would send them into captivity. But in the last days, God would bring them back to the land. I think of Ezekiel chapter 37, that famous passage about the valley of the dry bones. Go back and read that sometime. It's amazing when you understand that this, this was a vision that was given to Ezekiel even after the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon, and Babylon, Babylon had destroyed uh, the temple, and, and now the children of Israel were in captivity. But yet Ezekiel gets this amazing vision of the last days. This valley of the dry, dead bones was resurrected and, and Ezekiel says, what is this, God? And the Lord says, you know what this is, O son of man. This is the whole house of Israel that I will bring back to the land. And of course, the implication from that entire chapter is he will bring them back in the last days. And then, as a matter of fact, we get to the second part of that, chapter 38 and 39 of Ezekiel, when the word of God clearly tells us that in the days when a returned Israel is secure in the land. In other words, when Israel has indeed come back to the land and it is now secure, then an alignment of nations will begin to take place. Alliances among people. Some, some of these nations and people have never been partners together, have never been friends, yet they would align themselves together in the last days for the sole purpose of destroying a returned Israel. But go back to this prophecy of the returned Israel for just a moment. Think about that. Scattered for 2,500 years. The language was gone. The borders were gone. The, uh, the, the, the purity of their understanding of their religious faith was gone. Their strength was gone. Their military was gone. They, they no longer existed. But now they're there. They've been there since 1948, and every single war that has been fought against them, they have won. No one has been able to defeat them. Just like the Bible said. And there they are, barely, barely one generation old. If a generation is 70 or 80 years, some theologians say perhaps a generation is 100 years. So between 70 and 100 years, it hasn't even been there 70 years yet. And there it is, the major prophecy that we are now living in the last days, the end times. It's getting close, folks, to the return of the Lord. Then when you consider, again, Ezekiel 38 and 39, speaking of this alignment of nations, uh, that al- those nations are listed in Ezekiel 38, and they come from the old tribal names of the table of nations in Genesis chapter 10. But there they are. They line up uh, with modern nations of Egypt and Libya and Russia and Iran and Iraq and Turkey and Syria and Lebanon and Sudan. And, I mean, it, it's amazing. We're watching these things unfold before our eyes, and we're watching these alignments made, and we're listening to these political leaders declare, declare on our television sets that their goal is to destroy Israel. Folks, just like the Scriptures declared, just like the Scriptures prophesied, we're watching it, and we're the only generation in history to see these things happen. The only one. It's amazing when you think about it. 
Not only that, but how about the technology spoken of in Daniel chapter 12 and throughout the book of Revelation, the Bible speaking of transportation and information technologies exploding in the last days. My goodness, the last hundred years we went from uh, walking and, and riding horses and riding in carriages and buggies to traveling to the moon and to outer space and jetting across the sky and, and, and high-speed trains and down interstates 70 and 80 miles an hour and, and little metal boxes with wheels on them. Amazing. Information technology, communication technology, think of the internet, think of cell phones, think of all of the amazing technological advancements that have happened in just the last couple of decades, just the last decade for that matter. Live satellite television feed. People are now watching things happening at one time. A marking system that Revelation speaks of. All of that is technologically possible. The spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah sweeping the world now, not just our culture, but sweeping the earth. And then in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be pre preached unto all the nations, and then the end will come. We're the first time generation in all of history to see the gospel completed, the world discovered, the technology to take the gospel to the world is now invented, and the gospel is literally being proclaimed to all the nations of the earth. Folks, I'm running out of time. There's so much more I could say, but do you understand the prophetic times in which we live? Let's not make the mistake of the Pharisees who knew how to tell the weather, but they didn't understand that Christ was right before them. Please hear me. The return of Jesus Christ is right before us, right before our eyes. Let us prepare ourselves. Let us be ready for his coming. Let us keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus and advance the kingdom of God together. I'm honored to walk this walk with you. God bless you. This has been a word for you from the Word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.